Right, hello and welcome to today's podcast. Um, this is Adrian Boothy here from Trend Signal. It's the 24th of February 2020. And today we're talking about the huge stock market falls uh, as the coronavirus spreads. There's plenty of stuff we're going to be getting into today. We're going to be looking at charts. We're going to be looking at opportunities. Maybe if there's some support and resistance that might possibly hold some of these uh, big moves, we're going to get into all of that sort of stuff. I'm here with Jerry, uh, who's back from his uh, lovely trip to Australia. Uh, morning. Yes, indeed, and uh, very short, very brief. Hopefully, we'll be talking a bit more <laughs> later on. Um, so yeah, look, let's um, let's get into it, shall we? So there's an awful lot to talk about. Um, so Jerry, what do we know? Uh, what we know is what happened last week. Uh, it was actually, up until Thursday, the, the markets had done all right. Yeah. Uh, UK markets actually on the week ended up flat, believe it or not, and that's despite what happened on Thursday and Friday. On Thursday, the S&P 500 actually hit a new high, but absolutely peeled off. Um, part of the reason was some bad data. Part of the reason is the continuing spread of the coronavirus, or COVID-19, as we're supposed to call it, um, which is sort of now undermining the markets. And obviously what has happened this morning is that there's been significant news um, about the spread in South Korea, uh, about the spread in Libya, in Iran, uh, in Italy, uh, and the whole thing is looking more like a pandemic now. And the markets are absolutely fearful of that, and uh, we've seen some huge moves. As, as uh, you can look on this chart here, the S&P 500, um, just since Thursday, if you look at the top on Thursday, Adrian, I mean, we've come off, what, from 33.95 down to 32. Well, we've been down to below 32.48. Yeah. We're talking about a 4% move in three days. Yeah. Uh, but still, the VIX hasn't moved that much. You know, we're up at 18, 18 and a half this morning. I'm surprised. Um, I, I think it might have more to it uh, as we... Uh, as time goes by. But it's, it's funny though, isn't it? Because you, you look at a chart like the S&Ps or the Dow and it kind of feels like it must have fallen more than three or four percent. But mm. um, just goes to show just how little this market's really been moving to the downside, yeah. well, uh, well, really. Well, well, look where we are now. If you go back, we're literally back to where we were at the beginning of February. Yeah. You know, and then people, you know, the gains that we saw post um, you know the January beginning of January debacle with the Iranian uh, US yeah. ban, and um, that looks like a little blip. In fact, it didn't need nothing, nothing actually barely registered, didn't it? It, yeah. it, it, it was a horrible candle uh, on on the S and P, but uh, the markets uh, have just rebounded. Is this the start of something a lot bigger? God only knows. The number of times we've <laughs> looked at calling a top in the market. Um, this phrase, Tina, there is no alternative, still holds sway. Just because we've got a potential uh, global pandemic with COVID-19, there's nothing else to put your money into, Adrian. This is the problem, actually, with, with short selling a, a, a booming market, because when you actually do get the turn, and you do get a very big turn, nobody believes it, nobody trusts it, so nobody's really on it. You might get the beginning bit out of it, but to stay short, it's quite difficult because well, a lot of the a lot of the movement down will not necessarily be short selling, it'll be that panic selling um, from uh, long stock portfolio yeah. holders. Well, that's exactly you know. right. And remember, we've not had the US come in yet, so we're you know we're recording this at what's a quarter quarter to ten to twelve in the morning. We've not got the influence of the US in here yet. Yeah, and that will be really interesting. Will they just push it even further, or will they just say, "I'll have that, thank you very much"? And it, it's difficult to know at this stage, but. So it, it pervades the market. You know, I was looking at Warren Buffett put out his um, letter to his investors, 
all he's doing is just buying more and more stock. Yeah. He's got a cash pile of 180 billion and doesn't know what to do with it. What a nice, what a problem to have. Yeah, buy your drink. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there we are. I mean, you can actually, we're going to talk about the markets a bit later on when we go through the charts, but, you know, massive support level that you can see the pivot point here around 32.45. Uh, we've hit that this morning on S&P. It's having a little bit of a bounce. Do we expect much more than that? Oh, we'll just have to see. Take each trade as it comes, really, and let's not get too. What we don't want to be doing is just trying to buy this market just because it's cheap, relatively speaking. I mean, make no mistake, whilst we're down 3 or 4%, actually, the definition of a correction is like 10%, isn't it? Correction is 10%, a yeah. fair market's 20. 20. We've got a long, a long way to go. Yeah. A lot of red before we get down. I mean, I mean uh, what, we did at the end, what we did at the end of January, we gapped down, if you look at that part. And we just yeah. immediately filled it. I say we immediately filled it. We filled it. Pretty much within like three or four day. days, yeah. yeah. And that's probably what's going to happen here. That doesn't mean it's not going to carry on legging down first, but I, I, I don't know. It, it might be an overreaction because it looks quite shocking when you look at the news. That's the only thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll see. Anything else um, last week to, to get our well, teeth into? It, it, it was the, you know, the, the FTSE market that stuck out. Very positively for some reason. I think sterling was a bit weak, which always helps um, uh, the FTSE. I mean, obviously, it's absolutely cartwheeled now, but actually, on the week, it was unchanged. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you look at it and think, well, why, why are we, why is the FTSE doing so well when the DAX and uh, certainly the US stocks? US stocks, the SP, Dow, NASDAQ all came off about 1.5% there yeah. or thereabouts, uh, which it's a reasonable fall and you'd think the FTSE would have done something about that but uh, um, no it, it held in there but it's certainly um, given ground now with all the resource stocks yeah. mining stocks the uh, hospitality airline stocks airlines yeah oh, easy yeah. jet completely smashed this morning yeah in fact they're the worst one because they are really concentrated in Europe and that's uh, could end up absolutely killing them yeah and that's what's been priced in at the moment yeah, well, fear, isn't it? I mean, that's the the, the primary word, word why markets have yeah. taken such a hit, really, isn't it? The, yeah. you know, it's panic selling. It's, oh, my God, get me out of this quick. Or, or it, it, It's difficult to know how much will be priced in. The fear is down to the fact that it's now the chickens are coming home to roost and now there is this potential for a pandemic. And what, what, I, what I think is worrying the markets mostly now is that Someone that potentially could be carrying this virus will not be displaying any symptoms, but they could then meet other people and pass on the virus without anyone knowing that anyone's got this uh, uh, virus or not. Yeah. And, and in that case, it becomes very, very difficult to contain it um, without, you know, you can't quarantine the whole world, can you? It's just it's not going to work. But that's sort of, at the, and nothing's been established at this stage whether that is possible and it, it has been transmitted in that way and of course we are in the winter uh, transmission rates fall as temperatures warm up you'll find in the spring and summer these transmission weights will drop anyway and then we've got an opportunity to get a, some sort of a vaccine put together but that's not going to be ready until sort of the end of this year really. yeah you know it, it's always a bit difficult talking about this sort of thing when people are out there you know dying uh, yeah. from this sort of disease but ultimately there's some pretty good opportunities out there though Absolutely. Uh, you know yeah. you keep the emotions uh, part of it and actually just get into the cold hard details mm. of well, where are the trades 
there's quite a lot of them around and there's yeah, some big yeah. movements big opportunities and we saw you know we, again we'll talk briefly about this a bit later but you know the footsie we had a continuation short on that that came in a hit target on its first this morning a continuation short in line with the longer term downtrends we had a short trade on the dax from friday night um took a massive profit on that one um this morning and the s p's as well uh which you know we saw earlier had a massive fall you know some some really big index moves uh, and of course what people are doing is they're switching out of these um, sort of riskier assets so we're seeing moves up on the dollar we're seeing well, actually not as much as you might think um, but we're certainly seeing moves up on um, gold uh, today yeah, yeah, yeah. gold yep. up 39 bucks today massive massive move up just straight line tr trend isn't it on the monthlies yeah it, it, it's showing sort of signs of a complete sort of acceleration in it which basically means there are no sellers anywhere it's almost exponential isn't it it is it, it's it, it's sort of the sign that it, it, at some stage it's going to come to a bit of a, a, a sharp reversal but for now there are no sellers at all and if you look at the monthly chart it looks like um, 17 where is it? Seventeen forty-seven. I've had in uh, my. Uh well, it's monthly fifty-five uh, on the monthly, and then we go just tighten up a little bit here. Uh, yeah, about forty-eight on the weeklies. Yeah, yeah. I think something and like then, that. And and I, I sort of discussed with a few people uh, last week, and we threw that number out. That's wow, that's a long way away, isn't it? And you look what gold's done. It's done a hundred bucks in a week. Yeah. More than a hundred bucks in a week. It's these are it's a big big move. I mean, yeah. for gold, there aren't any sellers now. Well, no sellers. I think actually the, the, these moves are probably we've seen them before, but what we haven't seen them is much for a while. You know, we've we've actually had quite a lot of low volatility for the last year or so. So we're not really used to moves like this. You know, the, the average two ranges of these charts, the foreign exchange markets last year, um, have sort of tailed off for the last couple of years now. And actually we sort of get lulled into this sort of lack of movement. And yet here we are back to, I wouldn't say normality, but well, it's something that does happen more than yeah. we've been lulled into thinking, I think. Yeah, but you only have to look at the bars in the last three years. They look like little stubby blips compared to the bars we're getting now. Yeah. And you're talking about the average range would be between five and ten bucks maximum, really. But you know, you're talking about this market's gapped up and it's $40 higher from the yeah. previous close. Well, the ATR on gold right now is up around 15, 16, whereas at one point last year we were sub $10. Yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah. that, that means, uh, for those of you not, not aware, the average range, it's effectively the, the distance between the low and the high of a candlestick on average uh, was below $10 at one point last year or a couple of points last year. Now it's, well, it's it's, it's nearly double that. So, uh, but, but, but the, opportunity. You know, you know we, we, we're talking about stuff that's happened last week it, it's we're very much now in risk off mode and we've talked about this phenomenon before where investors just take money out of riskier assets which stock markets are they put them into haven assets which is what gold is yeah it used to be the Japanese yen but the Japanese yen was battered the previous Friday when it published its Q4 GDP data that came oh, in yeah. negative 6.3 yeah. percent yeah horrendous and do you think they're going to have a negative Q1? Of course they are. Who on earth would speculate on Japan avoiding a recession? They're going to have two quarters of negative growth and they will have a recession. 
The thing is, what happens if they have a, sec a third quarter of negative growth? I mean, Japan really is no longer, the Japanese yen certainly is not a haven currency. That effect has been waning over the last couple of years, and that's something that is clear to me today. Look at the Japanese yen. Normally, the Japanese yen would be through the roof, or the actual rate down significantly as the yen weakened, but it hasn't at all. Yeah. You know. They'll have to uh, cut rates, won't they? <laughs> yeah, cut rates from ah. ne negative half to negative something <laughs> oh, else. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's another thing, Adrian. You, we've talked about what is the alternative to investing in stocks. Over the last month, bond yields have collapsed. Yeah. Gone down and down and down as prices have gone higher and higher and higher. And there's no way anyone in their right mind will be investing in bonds. No. Why would you? It's, a, it's really for the banks and technical investors who need to have their money in, in some security other than cash. Yeah. cash. Yeah, that's right. Uh, whereas us order investors, we've got equities or we've got cash. Yeah. If you don't want to lose money in the stock market, you put it in a bank and hopefully and it just stays still. But it didn't earn you a penny. Uh, right, so shall we move on to uh, the week ahead? Uh, yeah, it's a not a particularly exciting week, certainly not on the calendar front anyway. It really is uh, probably the, the sparsest calendar I've seen for um, several months. Uh, yeah, well, um, let's bring it up. So what don't we know yet? Here we just give a run through really of what to look out for for the week ahead, guys. And as you can see the calendar there, it's, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's pretty bereft. You, know, you look at last week. Yeah, quite a few more bits in there. We'll talk about that in a second. But you know, as you just see, there's just the, 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 there's nothing. nothing. It's the last um, week of the month, culminating uh, with Saturday, the Fe February the 29th. So it's uh, that extra day we get in February this year. Um, it's the leap year, so um, yeah. we don't start March until Sunday. Uh, but there's just nothing coming out. I mean, we've got a holiday in Japan, so that's going to be interesting because the, the Nikkei is going to have to catch up with these moves tomorrow yeah. morning. And the futures are pointing to some significant moves on the Nikkei as well tomorrow. Do you think that uh, the fact that Japan's on a bank holiday is having an effect on the, the, the Japanese yen today? Or do you uh, think it'd just... No, I, I think... It'd, it'd move as it would do normally, it, it, wouldn't it? It would have moved, yeah. I mean, you're right, a lot of the trading obviously will emanate from uh, Tokyo and Japan, but they, they, would have, they would have priced something in if there had been any reason to do it. But as I said, the Japanese yen has lost largely lost that safe haven um, cachet because the economy is so screwed up now. Yeah. Um, okay, so what are the, the, the highlights for the week ahead? Consumer well, confidence in gosh. the States, maybe? Well, we've started with this German IFO business climate. Uh, so it's one of these broad surveys. They've got two in the month. They've got the ZEW, which is to do with um, investor sentiment, which was published last week. And that was actually not as positive as it has been. There's been a bit of a bottoming in the... Uh, negativity in the uh, German economy and the numbers have started to improve gradually but last week's number on Tuesday the, the um, ZEW number was not very good at all the IFO which is this really broad based survey of builders and retailers and wholesalers and services uh, companies um, you know we were sort of expecting it to come in a little bit weaker. Okay, that's the ZEW yeah. last week. But the, as far as the German EFA that's come out this morning, a little bit better. But that actually doesn't take into account what's actually happened over the weekend. So you just think, gosh, the company, the, the, the one area or one country in, in the European Union that could get really hockeyed again 
it's likely to be Germany because there's just yeah. no chance of. Uh, I think Mercedes sales have fallen by ninety five percent in China. <laughs> uh, so that sort of sums up their problems in uh, in Germany, doesn't it? Really? Well, you saw. I, I was listening to the radio a few weeks ago now with Aston Martin. So they're doing a they're doing a rights issue to raise capital, which yeah. is what eighteen months after their float. I yeah. mean, they've been absolutely battered. And one of the main reasons is no one's buying them in China. No, that's right. Yeah, and right. uh, so they're creating a rights issue so that they can afford to weather the storm. Um, well, but also to have an electric car. It's a bit bit late to the party, I would have thought. But anyway, mm. own an MPV. Yeah, that's just madness. Uh, anyway, so yeah, and then the uh, Tuesday tomorrow we got uh, the conference board consumer confidence. I, I like these sort of numbers. This is another what we describe as a leading indicator, something that's gonna that tells us how things will be in the future with the economy. So the the the, the um, logic goes that if the consumer is feeling confident in the United States, they're more likely to spend. If they yeah. spend, the company. The companies that are selling those goods and services to the US consumer will getting in will get in more revenue. They'll make more profits, and so the whole wheel turns. Um, and, and, and but of course, if we're feeling confident, we go on holidays and all that sort of stuff. So let me ask you: Do we know is the this outbreak in Italy and so on? Is that gonna that's going to hamper consumer confidence, obviously. Yeah, is that going to be factored into this data, or I, is the data already done by then? It, it's been done. It won't take into account what's happened over the weekend. Yeah. But it will take into account some of the heebie-jeebies that were happening last week. For example, you know, commentators were talking about um, Apple's news when Apple said it yeah. was probably going to miss its um, Q1 guidance because of the problems with the supply chain. And of course, it all makes sense, but it's not just Apple. Surely everyone is. You've heard about Jaguar Land Rover having parts delivered to their, their motor plant in the UK in suitcases. People are going over to China and picking up parts and bringing them back in suitcases. It's not really the way to run a business, but that's the reality of what could happen. Um, so whether so, so drug mules, we've got car mules. Car now. mules. Yeah, well, I've, got, I've got some spark plugs for you, mate. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a big deal. Uh, and that's really... Uh, in fact, last week, it, I think it was Goldman Sachs, one of the investment banks, that said that the market had seen through uh, COVID-19 outbreak, I had reconciled what is potentially going to happen, I'd have priced it all in, and Goldman Sachs, I think it was a Goldman Sachs, argued that, wow, surely not, we're on highs, we haven't priced anything in. Yeah. As soon as they put that out, you know, Thursday, Friday last week, markets just sort of slipped, slipped a few uh, gears. It's, it's a bit like stating the bleeding obvious, but then... You know, it, well, wasn't, it wasn't so obvious it on Wednesday, was it? Correct, it was that obvious. We would have all sold it, wouldn't yeah. we? But yeah. I, I have felt nervous, and I continue to feel nervous. And um, someone asked me this morning, do you think the sell-off is, is a more to go? And what worries me is that the VIX has not really spiked up much. Yeah, it's all And you actually. just think, if the volatility, if the implied volatility hasn't got up there yet, there's a bit more pain to be felt, Yeah, I'd say. Well, normally you're looking at easy 20s or for a big crash, you're looking in the 30s, low 30s, mm. just nudge 30. We're nowhere near it. So, yeah. yeah, for it to be a big, a big crash, a big buying opportunity, we do have a long way to go. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. I mean, Maybe we, we won't get that. But. And, well, precisely. We, it could be that the US come in, things calm down. The World Health Organization put out a, an announcement. Italy, the numbers start to sort of quieten down. There's no more increase, but you yeah. just don't know. But that's what we know now is enough to set a, a certain amount of fear in the market. Yeah. 
and if it if the numbers keep on rising the way they have done then we'll get more selling that's for sure uh, okay anything else of note well i'd ignore the um anz um, business confidence number will it affect just the new zealand dollar that's it really um uh, and, and likewise private capital expenditure i'm surprised it's actually a high uh, impact number uh, on thursday but really it's the gdp data in canada which has been fairly lackluster what you've got to remember adrian is that if you think about it all the resource uh, shares in the in the uk have been hit all the resource currencies have been hit if you look at the aussie dollar have a look at the aussie dollar chart oh yeah it's been uh, absolutely yeah, smashed yeah it's been absolutely battered and, and and battered again today although it's recovering a little bit but that's a, that's a fall and a half it's been relentless this year yeah and not surprisingly because you know, I, I i was out in perth which is the home of the likes of bhp and uh, rio tinto and they're feeling the effects of it you know there's a there's a real slowdown and that's China China you know they're not going to need anything like these resources whilst they're stopping people from working you know the whole Chinese New Year was extended by two weeks and it still hasn't really got going there's going to be a big hit to the Chinese economy big and it will hit Aussie dollar CAD and the New Zealand dollar for sure well that means good opportunity for us I yeah. think so that's yeah. that that's the good news so um uh, otherwise, uh, a few stocks reporting this week, uh, quarterly US earnings, uh, 44 in the S&Ps. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're coming to the tail end of the uh, earnings season, as it's called. So we have these four quarters that we have earnings. They're normally, they normally happen six weeks after the quarter end, uh, and we're, what, eight weeks now after the quarter end. So this is the, these yeah. 44 stocks. It's really for the retailers now, so uh, the likes of Macy's, that really beaten up uh, mm. department store chain that uh, is, I don't know, was it in Chapter 11? I can't remember, maybe not. Uh, Home Depot, or as Americans, Americans call it, yeah. Home Depot, uh, and Best Buy, which is the electrical um, goods uh, retail, a bit like Dixon's. Um, so we'll find out how the retailers are going. I suspect the same deal over here, you know, the... Uh, bricks and mortar not so much fun really uh, yeah a lot of these companies have a very weak uh, online offering so uh, that's that's it really brilliant okay well thanks a lot for that jerry that's great so with the big moves we've been having, let's take a look at what we should be trading this week as we look into the indices, some of the major foreign exchange pairs, uh, some commodities as well. So I'm just going to bring my charts in here to bring up uh, Charting Center and look at those trend signal indicators. And what we've got uh, to start with, I'm going to take a quick, quick look at the indices. So let's start off with the S&P 500, uh, probably the biggest index contract in the world. And what we've had here, big sell-off. We saw this chart earlier, uh, big sell-off, um, really starting from the highs on Thursday, big down Thursday, bigger down Friday, even bigger down Monday. Um, so where are we now? Well, we're hitting that, see that dotted green line there, the 32.44. That's the key price from which this market reversed up uh, off this low. So we've gone to that level now. We've nudged it this morning. We are finding an element of support there. So, you know, it's areas like that that we can start to look to pick up buying opportunities, but we do need to be a bit careful. This is a bit like trying to catch a falling knife. And if you try and catch a falling knife, you could well get your fingers sliced off. So just be a little bit careful about trying to buy some of these dips. Make sure you hold your your, uh, your discipline and look for the trades according to your strategies. So, uh, but nonetheless, here we are. Lovely sell trade from Friday and really quickly um, falling. It's about what, eight, nine hundred. 
100 points lower uh, than where the entry was from Thursday at this point. As we uh, then move on through to uh, actually, let's have a quick look and see what happens if we take that level out, take that level out. There is going to be a bit of free air down to around this sort of area here, this 3094. And this is the thing because the markets have been going up so aggressively for such a long period of time. When it does come off, it could come off really, really hard. And let's have a look at uh, the Dow as well. Uh, the same sort of thing here. The next support level down at 27,500, uh, 27,565. In fact, the support level from the Dow that's based on the lows back on the beginning of December. Uh, what we've actually seen us do today is go down and test the lows from beginning of January uh, and the uh, very end of January as well. We're very close to those levels. And what's interesting about this sort of zone is that people will be trying to buy it here because it's cheap and so on and buying the dips. But if it it takes out these levels what are you going to have underneath these levels if people are buying it down here they're going to be putting stops below this level here so if we take out that 28 um 000 level we could see it fall quite hard quite quickly because if you're long and you put a stop order in that's a sell order so it will sell your buy trade to close it which could then lead to a, a very quick acceleration of prices below there and to say the next support level on the Dow uh, 27565 uh, we can also look at the DAX as well same sort of thing as the Dow we can see a number of times we've hit that 13,000 level one two three times there uh, having another test of it just shy of that pivot point that dotted green line there very close to it at the moment but again we're sort of hitting those same support levels it takes that out and then again we're looking for potentially bigger falls a long way to go maybe a thousand odd points to the next level of support on this one and so this is what we've got to be a bit careful out if it takes out these levels, we're looking for big falls. So don't get seduced into buying it down here unnecessarily. If you are going to buy, be careful. Don't go trading massive size thinking this is the biggest, you know, easy lottery ticket going. It's not going to be. It might rally dramatically from here. But if it doesn't, it could fall hard and you could be left with significant egg on your face if you're not careful. Um, so lovely sell trade again from the Dow. Sorry, from the DAX on Friday's close. Again, uh, falling about 500 points uh, now to where we are. We didn't take all of that out of it with our strategy, but we took a good uh, couple of hundred points out of the DAX. That's a really nice trade for us. Uh, and then finally, looking at the FTSE as well, another wave lower. Looking at this entry point here, this is what we call a continuation trade from 14th of February. Uh, red arrow on the weekly, red arrow on the monthly, on the far left-hand side of the chart. So we are going for the short uh, trades there, looking for that next wave down lower high. Uh, lower highs lower lows another wave down here and here we are uh, moving on really well again getting closed out right on the open on our short trade there that was a nice profit around sort of 9500 points something like that a good winner lower lows though that pattern is continuing there where are we now well, we've hit that support level are we going to find it the next level down to here uh 70 60 you know you not haven't got the same degree of strength in the FTSE as we have had with those US indices, you know, they've been, you know, hugely strong, but doesn't mean 
there couldn't be good opportunity here. So keep your pencil sharpened. We'll be looking for buying opportunities off this sort of level. We're not going to buy it just because it's here. We're looking for buying opportunities. Do you see? So use your strategies to try and get yourself into trades off some of these levels. Like I said, in FTSE, 71.64. And we've seen the numbers for those other markets as well. What we can also have a look at is a dollar yen. We had a great trade on dollar yen, a lovely continuation trade back from the 4th of February. This is when we're moving back in line with those dominant trends. So we had a buy trade back on the 4th of Feb uh, at a price of 109.51. Um, faffed around for a few days before moving on really nicely on Wednesday last week. Big aggressive move higher um, on the uh, the dollar against the yen, or big fall on the value of the yen basically, uh, and a nice profit. We backed off it from here. Uh, why have we backed off from here? Well, we can actually see that if we just tighten the chart up a little bit, we can start to see the resistance levels we've got. In fact, a number of resistance. Look at those red lines there. Do you see that? Put my cursor there. You can see it. We've nudged that level. We found a resistance. It'll be interesting to see what comes off this level because will we start to see a selling opportunity? We might well do. It'll be against the trend, but that could be an interesting one uh, nonetheless. And then finally, we're going to take a look at gold. I mean, gold's been you know on a hell of a journey for the last couple of months now, um, and uh, you know very very strong in the last few weeks, an almost exponential rise uh, over the last few days there, fighting the trends. Look at this a movement down there. Very aggressive to take short trades against the trend like this unless you've got a significant extra reason to do so higher high you know lower lower highs lower lows uh bouncing off or rejecting resistance we don't really have that here okay and it's just meaning that we want to be getting back on that path of least resistance which is in line with those arrows it's an uptrend we're buying the dips that's the mode the trend signal traders are in right now unless we've got an additional reason now I can't really tighten the uh, chart up enough to find the next level of resistance, but I can tell you it's up at 1691. We had a, a level we just nudged up to 88 today. 1691 is the next level of resistance, which is all the way back from 2013. We haven't seen gold this high uh, for seven years, uh, believe it or not. So we're looking up there, 1691. Set an alert by it. We'll see what happens if we get up to those sorts of levels as well. But what you are going to get with this is a couple of things with these markets. They're moving fast. What that does is it creates excitement. When you see a big move like this, you're naturally going to think, oh, yeah, I must short it uh, because it can't keep going up, can it? It's got to come back down. Someone's going to take profit. Surely that's not necessarily the case. OK, so it creates opportunity, but it can also create some pretty horrible trades as well. So make sure you're patient, stick to your discipline, stick to your strategy and don't just get caught up into the emotions and the speed of these markets because that's when your account can get burnt. OK, so please, above all, everybody, be careful with your trades. So when we see moves like these on the indices, it sort of brings us into other areas of trading potentially. It starts to think about risk, start to think about stock markets falling on what have been, you know, very strong over the last few years now. So um, we've talked about short selling. We've defined that. We've talked about the VIX and the fear gauge and that sort of thing as well. In fact, we've talked about a number of things, bear markets as well. We've started to talk about all of these different concepts. But the one I want to go through today is hedging. Um, hedging is something that not a lot of people 
people do. Um, but it was one of the main reasons that uh, I would think that CFDs were created in the first place. And, uh, you know, really what hedging is, is the way in which you can manage risk on your portfolio. Now, typically, you'll be talking about a long only portfolio. So that means you buy stock, you hold stock, and you're hoping the only way you can really make money out of it is from dividend yields and also through the stock price appreciating, not through it going down. But of course, there will be periods in which it will go down. In fact, probably 30 to 50% of the time, the stock market is falling in a normal sort of period of time, perhaps not uh, over the last decade, but certainly, well, it has been in the FTSE, that's for sure. The point really being is a lot of the time the markets are falling. So what can you do about that? Do you want to be closing out your investment trades all the time? No, not really. And part of the problem you're going to get with that is locking in capital gain. If you've got a big gain, you don't really want to be closing those trades out because it locks in a tax liability for you. So um, so what can you do about it? If you think the market's going to come off and you're worried about it coming off and you're worried about a particular stock, maybe it's just about to have its corporate results and things like that. And you're thinking, well, you know, I'd like to protect myself. What can I do? I could close the trade out. I could close some of the trade out. But like I said, if that crystallizes a big profit for you, that could crystallize a capital gain tax problem and a tax liability. So what you can do is hedge. And you can hedge in really a couple of different ways. You can do it as a spread bet, but it's not that tax efficient because, you know, any money you lose on a spread bet, you know, is not written off against gains. So the really what you need to do is make sure you do it as a CFD or as a future, something that has capital gains tax associated with it so that you can offset tax against tax. What that basically means is that if you are holding BP and it's coming into its results uh, and you're worried about it, you've got a big gain, you don't want to see it go back down again. So you just want to hold just in case they come up with a bit of a banana skin or a profits warning. You can short or sell a BP CFD position. What that means is, let's say you long a thousand shares, you could sell a thousand CFDs, and effectively, whatever the market goes up by um, on the CFD or down by on the CFD will be mirrored by the underlying stock and vice versa, which means that basically you protect yourself. Now, of course, with a hedge, if the stock market continues to go up, uh, you'd make on the stock, but you'd lose on the CFD as the hedge. So, But that's fine because you wanted to balance risk. You end up going into a no-risk situation, or maybe you risk only you only hedge half of your position i.e. you sell 500 cfds instead of a thousand whatever it is you're looking to manage and mitigate risk it's a very clever way of doing it um, because you know again it doesn't lock in that uh, capital gain uh, and what you're able to do is just go into a risky situation a time where the markets you think it's near a top but you don't want to close out capital gain you want to keep riding that position longer put a hedge on and help uh, that ma maintain that trade and manage that risk. People also do it with indices as well, right? So let's say that you've got um, a portfolio of stock again, and you're worried that the uh, stock market is at a high, you could go in and individually hedge the stock, but that's a bit more complex. It's me probably needs a bit more money. The margin requirements are a bit bigger on individual stocks. What you're also going to need is a bit more costly, a bit more commission costs and so on. It's also going to take a bit more time. What you could do is just balance the, the value of the portfolio. OK, so let's say FTSE is trading at 7,000, a pound a point short or, or um, one 
pounds CFD or whatever the, the, the trade size might be, uh, will be a £7,000 notional value. So if the FTSE falls from 7000 to 6900 um, your portfolio should, all other things being equal, fall, but so will the, the, the value of the FTSE for the hedge purpose, and you'll make on that hedge. The point really being, if you've got a portfolio of 70000 you could balance that risk to an extent. It won't be perfect, but unless you're portfolios perfectly positioned according to the the constituents of the FTSE but you had a portfolio of 70,000 if you did a short of 10 pounds a point or an equivalent CFD of 10 pounds a point on the FTSE you'd have a short trade of 70 70,000 pounds for the FTSE and you'd have your long portfolio of 70,000 pounds as well which effectively means you're at a a very low risk position at that point it won't be risk neutral because your portfolio won't be exactly the same as the index but it will be a lot more balanced than it would be otherwise it's a much cheaper way of doing it it's a much easier way of doing it but it won't be as perfect as the individual stocks themselves the point really being with this is if you're sitting on a big capital gain you don't have to close that trade off and lock in the gains if you're worried about risk and you're worried about that particular stock pulling back in value you can put a hedge on, manage the hedge, and then hopefully try and go risk neutral while you're over that period of what you would consider to be instability. Now, what you decide to, uh, to help you to make that decision about whether we're going to have a pullback, you know, that's ultimately up to you. And that's uh, obviously, of course, up to your uh, analysis of the market. And of course, we can help you with that um, with one of our trading webinars and teaching you strategy there. But the purpose of this is to help people to make better trading decisions. If you're looking to manage your risk better from your portfolio, consider hedging at times of instability, at times of risk. You might find that you lose money over and overall, but is it worth it in order to negate risk? Sometimes it'll help you and it'll help you to save money too. So look, what I want to do is uh, invite you to one of our live trading webinars, because whilst we do these podcasts, what we'd actually really like to do is teach you one of our strategies. So if you'd like to learn more about TrendSignal, how we trade, you want to learn one of our um, the three simple steps for identifying high probability trading opportunities, get yourself booked in for one of our upcoming live trading webinars. We host three of these weekly. Uh, they're all live, um, presented by traders, where you can get in, learn a strategy, ask questions, interact, participate participate and end the session as a better trader with more knowledge than when you started, which is a great way of being learning and progress. Now, in order to book yourself for a free place and find out the upcoming schedule, this is what you need to do. Go to bit.ly, so bit.ly slash learn TS. So bit.ly slash learn TS. Um, and if you'd like to tune in more uh, to our podcast, we do them regularly um, on every Monday uh, and you can tune in to our um, podcast, trend signal podcast search for that online find us on itunes find us on the soundcloud find us on spotify you can even watch and listen on youtube or you can go to the horse's mouth and you can go to our blog page as well which is trend-signal.com slash trendsignal-blog so get yourself to one of those get tuned in what we'd like these sessions to be it's part of your weekly process to helping you to become a better versed, a better skilled, better prepared trader to help you make better trading outcomes. All the best, guys. Have a great week's trading and hopefully uh, I'll see you on next time's session as well. Bye bye for now.